Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Welcome to the No Guilt Bomb Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my, we had a really good adjective for Brie and I can't remember it, Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello. I forgot what we did talk about it just yesterday. We We talked about it yesterday. Was it insightful or healing or, I mean, you're healing from COVID. I think it was congested, honestly. Congested. (laughs) Congested Brie. Yeah. There's a lot of congestion going on right now, but congested breathe. You said you did have to tell me this morning. You're like, I got to go take a decongestant. I can't breathe. Well, I was going to say, like, every time we've been recording over this past couple of weeks since I, you know, am healthy enough to actually be back on, I have to constantly mute my mic so I can, like, try to breathe. (laughs) Take it off. Yeah. Take everything out. Like, uh, uh, all the gunk in your system. Like, it's it's crazy. The like allergies. There's smoke in the air. There's COVID. There's like there's all the good stuff. It's it's just hard. Breathing is hard. Who would have thought breathing would be hard? It's supposed <laughs> to be easy and automatic. I know. I know. It's not. It's not fun. But if you say something as easy as breathing, no, actually, it's not. I know. I know. It's it's not anymore. No, people. It is not. But I'm just I'm just looking forward to being done with everything. So. Oh yeah. Things done with everything. You know what I'm looking forward to being done with summer. (laughs) I know. Right. Well, and, and again, you know, we're here in Phoenix and our kids start school in July. So summer is pretty much over for me as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's so funny though, because like my son was like, Oh, summer's going so fast. And I hate that it's going so fast. And I'm here thinking to myself, I love that it's going so fast. (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of challenges this summer, I think, in both of our households, which has made it that the summer is not hard for anybody else. It's hard for everybody, but it just feels like the summer, especially there has been a lot of challenges in our households. Well, it's also just and this actually ties into today's topic of the episode. But when kids are home all summer and I work from home, I am getting so like mentally exhausted by the mom, what can we eat questions? Like they, they come in and they're like, we don't have anything to eat. And then I'll list like, oh, there's a banana. There's some apples in the fridge. There's no, I don't like any of that. And you're just like, I don't know what I can do for you, kid, because you have food. You're not going to starve. And yet you won't take anything, any of my suggestions. I do agree. Like getting the kids to eat over the summer is so much more stressful, especially if you're somebody who does work from home because we have a system set up, right? Do I, Mm -hmm. do we not? Like I have something, I have a very set system that I do and like in the foods that I need. And I never had to worry about the kids because my kids are in high school. They either packed their own lunches or they would buy at school. All of a sudden now I have to find, right? Like stuff that they can make on their own because I'm still working. I have my own system. I don't have time to stop for you. And I know that sounds like so unloving. Go kid, off into the wild. <laughs> okay. And- the wild boar down the street. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, come on. He's 15. That's life skills. I got a 15 and a 14 year old. Hunting for food. Oh, gathering. I would, you know what? I wonder how they would do gathering here in the Southwest. Like what would they even gather? I don't think there's anything in like edible in our region other if they wanted to like break open a cactus and like use it for water that would be a good life well skill. there's the prickly pear fruit from the cactus there's that and they you know what eat some of those road runners so <laughs> if you can catch one if you can catch one of the road runners out here get that sucker down but anyway roasted road ru- road runner they could like put a spit in the backyard we could teach them like spit, <laughs> spit cooking <laughs> Our kids, would be like, our kids would be out in the backyard and the neighbors would be like, what you doing? They're like, we're roasting some roadrunner. <laughs> and the neighbors like slowly own. go down the wall. <laughs> walk away. Never mind. <laughs> but that is how it feels. Kids are just trying to get them to eat what you have or to come up with things on their own or to have not even on their own even, but just having a more mm-hmm. involved aspect of it. It takes work. It does. It takes, it does. And it's hard to be like, oh, you should just let them eat whatever. And it's like when I let my kids eat whatever, or when I like not eat whatever, but like go find something for them to eat, it's like a nonstop interruption. It's like, no, I need food now. And then like the crankiness starts. And then like those emotions yeah. go so that they become so overwhelmed that they're not able to bring themselves down to actually find food. And it's such a hard scenario, I think. And I think so many parents share it as well. Well, and I think it's also hard too, if you're somebody that suffers from being hangry, which you and I both do. Our heart kind of goes out to them. Like my frustration level just like shoots up real fast because I'm like, all right, I know what it's like. I know you're hangry. Just and, and then you're almost just throwing food at them. Here, here's a Pop-Tart. Here, here's Put here's, it in your mouth. Just put it in your mouth. Kid. If you're not going to eat the healthy stuff, just take this. But yeah. I digress. <laughs> yeah, but we have five tips that Bree and I use in our houses and know that the frustration is always going to be there, but these things help make it just a little bit easier. So I look forward to that in today's episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. This episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast is brought to you by Hamper. Oh my gosh, Bree, I just got back from my, like, it was a great vacation, um, but we have a ton of laundry. And the worst thing about, yeah, getting back from vacation and having so much fun is like, you have to go back to all the chores that are now like quadruple the size that they usually are. Cause you have like two weeks worth and one of those is laundry. And for that, we're going to pack up our hamper. (laughs) We're going to pack up our hamper, put it in our little like hamper bins. And I am going to have somebody else do my laundry for me. That's perfect. Like I have used this too. Like when we went on vacation back in May, it was crazy coming back. You just have a million things you have to do, right? You come Mm -hmm. back from vacation, you have to go grocery shopping. You have to, if you have a pet, pick them up from wherever they're at. You got to do like all the laundry. And, and I say, you got to, it's not all on our shoulders, but it's still a lot of us are the planners in our family. So a lot of it does land on our shoulders and hamper helps out so much. I love it because all I have to do is I'm just going to stuff it in and then 24 hours later, it comes back to my door nicely folded. Sometimes like my washers, they leave me little notes and cards. Do you get the thank you cards sometimes? I have. <laughs> I have. And actually, you know what? Even one of my one of my washers was a Mary Kay consultant. So I got some Mary oh. Kay swag. Ooh. That's pretty nice. So if you want to outsource your own laundry, make sure you go take advantage of Hamper. That's H-A-M-P-R. And you can use our code NOGUILT10 and get $10 off your annual hamper fee. 
it's just an amazing, amazing time-saving thing. So, so go do it. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so eating is such a emotional subject in my home. (laughs) Like, I don't know why it's this emotional. Maybe it's like all of the feelings I have attached to food. Like you said, Brie, being the hangry, figuring out like what actually satisfies you and what like you want to eat. And I think the picky eating, it never goes away. It never goes away. Like I think as adults, we're picky eaters. Kids are the picky eaters. Teenagers get to be picky eaters. And whatever stage of life that you have, whatever age you have, you're probably dealing with picky eating. Yeah, I I think that is true because you have to, to look at picky eating as it moves in different phases, right? And we've talked about this before, and I say this to you all the time. I think every mom has to have a mom friend that has older kids because Mm -hmm. you need that person that's down the road that can be like, don't worry, you're in phase one right now, but you'll get to phase five really soon and it'll be way better. (laughs) I feel like I fulfill that role for my sister with her almost three-year-old, my nephew, where she's just exhausted all the time. And I'm like, it's okay. It's going to get better. It's going to get a lot better. Okay. I have to say your sister is lucky. How many people get to have like (laughs) no guilt mom as their sister there? (laughs) Like the amount I don't know if she would agree with you <laughs> on the lucky part, but <laughs> oh. a lot of times where like being the bossy older sister, you're still always the bossy older sister and you don't get listened to ever. Uh, I'm used to that though. And I'm just like, well, whatever. I, I, it's okay. I'm right. You can just do what you do. I'm just right. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day and it makes me feel energized even like i still add the coffee on there because i like it a lot ag1 tastes really good too and i enjoy my glass every single morning ag1 is a supplement i trust to provide the support my body needs daily and that's why i'm excited to welcome them as a new partner if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with ag1 Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Well, I will say being the youngest of three and both of my sisters have kids. One of them had all of her kids before I had mine and I had mine and then my middle sister had hers last. It is nice that we can all call each other and we all have like these different perspectives. But Mm -hmm. it's funny you say that because I'm pretty sure when we talk to each other, there are plenty of times we have gotten advice from one another. And that advice is exactly what made us go in the opposite direction (laughs) and be like, nope, that's not what I'm doing. I mean, that happens. It happens in families. And in terms of picky eating, I, it's so funny. I can't even offer her advice on this because my nephew is not a picky eater. Like just two weeks ago, she ordered sushi. I know she ordered sushi, Brie. Sushi. I love sushi. I love it. And my nephew's like, mmm, avocado rolls. And he's eating these things. And I'm like, I know Brie's eyes. I know. How did she do that? And you know how she did it? She just never fed him like normal food, like baby food. She never fed him like baby food. She just fed him everything that they were eating. And sometimes that works. Like with uh, Eric, we did that. We did the baby led weeding. We just fed him everything that we were eating. And I think it just all goes sideways a little bit as soon as they enter school and they're around other kids and the parents are no longer in control of all of their dietary intake. and. And here I go, I I go down the path and then they get like all the sugar and see all the like snack bars and the granola bars. They do. They learn about all the other stuff that we had hidden from them that they didn't know really existed. Or you have the kid like mine's like she would trade or just friends would just give her extra stuff from their lunches. Oh, here's a ding dong. Yeah. The underlying message is that we as parents do not have control, complete right. control over what our kids put in their bodies, what they eat. Exactly. So I want to give a little bit of background on this episode. The reason we decided to do this topic was we were having a conversation about our podcast episodes and Christina, who is our head of customer service here at No Don't Mom, brought up a really great question. And she was saying how the picky eating is driving her nuts because they're not eating healthy. And she was like, help. (laughs) And I think if you see all the images out there, of especially like Instagram or Facebook, and you see, oh my gosh, my kid likes this, or my kid is eating this way. Like it's really easy to compare as a parent and think that everybody else is eating healthy when uh, your kids aren't, but yeah, it's, it's just not true. Like we're, we're telling you that's a lie. It's a lie. If your kid goes to school, if your kid has friends, they are probably all kind of eating the same kind of things, same kind of food items. And I just want to take, I want to take that weight off people's shoulders that it is not 
indicating anything that your kids are being a picky eater now most kids prefer sweet stuff like infants do all the way up to toddlers they prefer the sweet and so they go for the sweets versus the ones that have more in-depth flavors and are more savory and that's just a taste that needs to be developed so there's nothing shameful there that they're being a picky eater like everything is as it should be is really what i want to get across Right, right. No, 100%. And I think that so many of us, when we're, when our kids are younger, mm-hmm. we think it's a now or never thing, right? Like yeah. if you're so tunnel vision into where you're at. You're like, oh my God, I have been trying so long to get my kids to eat veggies with their dinner or with every meal. If you're really good mm-hmm. about keeping on top of that and they won't eat it. So then you roll into the whole, now they're not going to get their nutrition. Now they're going to be underdeveloped. Now they're only going to eat Cheez-Its and, and goldfish and you know chicken nuggets for the rest of their life. If I can't get them to eat vegetables right now when they're five, it's okay. It's not, it's not, yeah. that's not how it's going to go down. We promise you. Or even like the little minimal thing, like, oh my gosh, if they don't get a healthy diet right now, they're going to be more prone to illness and they'll miss some days of school and we'll have to go to the doctor and like right. all those little nuisances that really creep up in life. Like you think it could, the solution is them becoming less picky when really it's, it's a control. We just, we need to release that control a little bit. So let's get into these things that you can do and that you do have control of when you have a picky eater in your house. So So number one, Brie, what do we have? Number one, like we've been saying, you need to focus on the overall diet rather than the specific foods that your kids are or are not eating. Mm -hmm. So like, like we said, like sometimes you just get so stuck in the weeds. Like that's all you can see is that again, at dinner time, all week long, my kid has not eaten any vegetables and oh my gosh, I'm never going to get over it. And, and maybe they haven't eaten their vegetables, but Mm -hmm. there's other things that they're doing. Like and their diet, do they eat fruit sometimes? Do they eat whole grains sometimes? Like, are they, are they eating? I like that word. I like that word sometimes. Like we're not going for a perfect thing. We're like, do they try variety of foods sometimes? Right, right. Are you, are you, if you really look at your diet, your child's diet, take a step back and be like, okay, are they drinking Coke every day at every meal? Oh, okay. Parent win. My kid is not drinking soda at every meal. So there are some positives, right? I mean, there are positives. You just have to take that step back to look at what is working. Yeah. You know, something that I found that made my life easier, not worrying so much about my kid's picky diet, which is going to be kind of an unpopular opinion, but we used to eat out a lot. Uh, we used to order in a lot, order DoorDash a lot. And whenever we order DoorDash, it's like, hey, what do you want? Oh, let's pick the kid's meal, which is like cheese, some form of cheese. Uh, (laughs) and a soda. And that was what they were eating. Normally a dessert. And normally a dessert. And I found it easier when we started cooking more at home. And I had to be the one to start cooking more at home because I physically felt ill with the stuff I was eating out. But it wasn't until we started cooking at home where I had one meal for the entire family that they actually started trying more of a variety of things. Because when you go out, they stick to the same cheese-based crap. And when you're in, <laughs> you can expose them to more stuff because that's all there is. I think it's just like anybody else with the whole, like just being afraid of trying something new. That's yeah. that's what it is. So like every, so every, that is human nature to have some fear about trying something new. So again, like just take stick that, with the try, familiar. Yeah. Try to take that step back and look at like, is it really as bad as I think? think it is. What's tip number two? Is have a healthy foods available. Like this is something that I was told by our pediatrician, like when my daughter was younger and I asked about 
eating and picky eating. And she's like, you don't have to force feed them. Like you don't have to say, oh, just take 10 bites of this or try one of this. Like you don't have to do that. You just have to have it there and have it available. And it's their choice then to try it. And that was so freeing that my only job as a parent was I just had to put it there. And if they didn't need it, they didn't need it, but they had it available to them. Right? Like, I think that that is a huge, huge win right there. And another Mm -hmm. one that is like, and taking that like a little bit of a step further is not only having them available and having them there so that your kid can see them, but have it so they can actually get to them. That was a tricky one for us. Way back when my daughter was little, trying to get her to eat carrots. That was the only vegetable she would eat, right? At meals, she would eat carrots. But I never had it where she could get to them. They were wrapped up in a bag in the vegetable drawer, like in the crisper, like at the very, very bottom. So if she ever had a hankering for carrots when I wasn't putting it on her plate, girl couldn't get to her. Mm. So that has been a huge change. Like that's something that we've actually changed in our household where I try to make sure that any healthy foods that we have, you know, non-overly processed, it's in a spot where my kids can easily grab it or I make it into easy to grab like little things. Like sometimes I'll do like a little baggie of granola so that they can grab that instead of a Quaker bar, you know? I think visually appealing is really important too. It makes me think of in our house how I love having like fresh pineapple around. I love grapes. Oh yeah. But when grapes are like in the bag still from the grocery store stuffed in the produce drawer, I forget about them. Like I don't even eat them. I'm like, and then you open your drawers. You're like, oh yeah, I bought grapes. <laughs> or or the pineapple. That happens to me. Like I'll slice up the pineapple. I forget it's there because it gets piled under stuff. And then I open it yeah. up and I'm like, oh, it's brown. No, thank you. <laughs> So like just moving the foods, like the first thing I do with grapes is I just rinse them and I put them in a Ziploc bag and we put them like in the fridge, like where you see them first thing as soon as you open the fridge. And then pineapple, I have these cool containers that look very, very pretty. Uh, they're like a Tupperware container, but they they have a tray at the bottom. So like all of the water collects from the juice. So you never get <gasps> soggy fruit. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Game changing, game changing. Um, but my daughter puts them back in in the trays like all offside and I'm like, you don't get what this is for. But <laughs> <laughs> but having the pineapple right there, like looking so pretty and so delicious and being just easy to pop out and just eat right out of the container, it's getting my daughter at least to eat that fruit. She like, I, I see her come into the kitchen, she pulls out the container and she's eating the pineapple because that's the easiest thing. Right. And I think that that brings up a really good point too. Like if you've heard us, we've been talking about having it available, having it easy to see, but that's another thing to think about. Kids are really, really visual. And a really great thing I found when I was like researching different ways to get your kids to eat healthy this was a, this was like a, of course moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it said, try deep yellow or orange colored vegetables instead of the green vegetables. Because oh. if you have a kiddo that you've been trying to get to eat veggies, like broccoli, broccoli was always tough in our household. My ex-husband was the only one that liked it. I couldn't even stand the smell of broccoli. And my kids would never touch that from like a, a mile away. They, I could not get them to eat peas green beans. And now granted, I'm not saying give up on green vegetables because they are important and they have a lot of nutrients in them. But if it's not working, try different colors. Like maybe it's a, sometimes it's a visual color thing. They're like, ew. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. 
I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And also go for stuff you like, because you talking about green vegetables, Brie, it makes me think that you do not like these green vegetables. Like, and that's okay. That's totally well, actually, okay. I'm fine with them now, except for broccoli. Broccoli is still my nemesis. Cannot broccoli has like broccoli. a buttery taste. It just melts in your mouth. Oh, uh, we had video on this. Uh, <laughs> I am it's gagging. so good. Uh, uh. It's so good, Brie. No, thank you. No, Embrace thank you. Embrace the broccoli. Uh. <laughs> it's funny josh my husband used to hate broccoli too like he used to hate it and um he found that when he changed his diet and like took out the processed and like the heavily fat stuff like his taste buds changed it's the weirdest thing oh i agree with broccoli now well okay so i do agree with that you know me i love the whole 30 and i do that a couple times (sighs) a year and that did definitely change a lot of my taste broccoli is still not on the list but uh but i will do like zucchini and i love a lot more of like the fresh like roasted veggies now but okay let's move on the discussion of broccoli is making brie a little queasy (laughs) oh Poor okay. broccoli. No. I know. Ugh, ugh. Free broccoli tucker. No. Oh, no. I won't use that adjective, I promise. No. 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 It has that alliteration. Brie and broccoli, though. It's really hard to pass up. I know. Brie is here gagging. Oh my gosh, we have to publish this video. No more. Okay, I'll stop. No I'll more stop. broccoli. I'll stop. Next up. What's the third one? What, what okay. Can you- this was a big one in our household. And I got this from my doctor. And again, when I was a young mom, I had to get it from the doctor. Now I'm like, of course, dipping sauces go a long way. Like mm-hmm. seriously, let your kids dip their food and stuff. And I bet they're going to be more willing to eat it. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anybody, yeah. Like in your, yeah. like, are there any fruits or vegetables that you like dipped more than regular? Carrots. Carrots oh. and like ranch or hummus. That's oh, good. Yeah. My kids, my kids aren't on board with that, but you know what? Ketchup is my son's like universal food eater. Like <laughs> if he doesn't like a meal, he goes to the fridge, he pulls out the ketchup bottle and he dips every single thing in ketchup. <laughs> but you let him do that. And that is yeah. great. It's how he has decided to deal with it. And that's, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. So like we may like the taste as adults, our taste buds change and we are now okay with things that have less sauces on them and that we're getting more of that flavor. But for our kids, that may not be something that they're willing to try, you know? I mean, I say as an adult, I do that with salsa. I'll put salsa on everything. Like oh, green yeah. tomatillo salsa. I'll put that like every single thing I'm eating. Eggs in the morning, tortilla, like everything. So well, salsa's I think delicious. as an adult, go. it's good. Salsa's it delicious. Yes. It's delicious. So number four, we have get kids involved in the shopping for groceries and preparing meals. Now, this is a double-edged sword because <laughs> sometimes like we have to, in our house, limit our kids' involvement in groceries and meals because it drives our, me and my husband crazy because they'll go to the grocery store and it'll be like a constant gimme gimme or negotiating for, hey, I ate all of this this week. Can I get this big box of cheese it grooves or whatever? But getting them involved in the process helps them start thinking about what they're eating and what they're putting in their body. My daughter has a lot of kind of stomach issues. Like she has a sensitive stomach like I do. Mm -hmm. And so she started trying out like new foods and seeing like what makes her stomach like not feel the greatest and what makes her stomach feel good. And now she put, gives us input in what we're eating each week and what she likes versus like what we have planned. So. Right. I think that that makes a big difference and it, because again, like if kids get to have a little bit more of a say in it, then a lot of times they're just, they're more willing to do it because they're like, I had, I got to have a say in it. Mm -hmm. And in some households that might look like, you know, we're here in the fruits and veggies section and, you know, pick your fruits and veggies. And in some other families that might just be pick whatever fruit you want and instead of making a pick between fruits and veggies, it just kind of depends, like feel it out, figure it out. But kids are more willing to try with what they get to actually pick on their own, which I think is a huge deal. And you know what I'm going to say on this one? It's a little scary. TikTok has been amazing for my teenage daughter, who is, an, who is a very picky eater. She has really opened her palate finding dishes on TikTok that people are like, say is so good. And she's like, oh my gosh, mom, a thousand people liked this video. I, I now have to go try, you know, buttered chicken and something she would have never touched years ago. And now she's like all willing to try it. So it's amazing how, how it works that way. Yeah. It's crazy. But you know what? We also have a really good episode, the no guilt mom episode 135 with Katie Kimball. Mm -hmm. She has kids cook real food. And that's a really great episode about the benefits of having your kids learn cooking skills in the kitchen and how that can get you into how to have your kids help out with cooking. Yeah. And if your kids are resistant, just having them in the kitchen with you, like I <gasps> tell my kids all the time, I'm like, Hey, I'm lonely. Can you just come talk to me? And yeah. then as they're talking to me, I'll be like, Hey, can you rinse this off for me? That, or my daughter likes to bake. And so she's like, can I bake some cookies while you're making dinner? I'm like, sure. You can bake some cookies when I'm making dinner. And she's seeing what I'm making. And I made a romesco sauce, which is just a red peppers, roasted peppers. And she's like, Ooh, that smells good. And right? I'm thinking, yeah, it smells good. It's good food. It's good food. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we're having that for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that is phenomenal. And I, and it was, I like the sneakiness of it too. It's very like, sneaky. Oh, it's very oh, yeah, sneaky. Sure, Anytime it can be sneaky. Mm -hmm. Sneakiness works. It does. But okay. <laughs> it does. 
All right. Number five. This is my absolute favorite one. What's number five? Don't stress over it. Let it go. Seriously. Stressing over how many veggies your kids are getting in their bodies. It's not going to do anybody any good. It's just right. going to make your mealtime miserable for you. Right. For you as a parent. <laughs> Right. Like just let it go. Like we have our no get mom mindsets and I, I love our mindsets and I like trying to tie things back whenever I can. And I felt like this one was really relevant. Mindset number four says showing love for my family doesn't mean I have to do everything. That means that it is not solely your responsibility to make sure that your kids are eating everything that they possibly could and or should. Like it's not all on you. We release you of that guilt. It is yeah. not you. And it's so hard because I think a lot of moms are in particular are judged based on what their kids eat or what their kids are willing to eat. I mean, you heard it a little bit with me telling, oh, yeah. saying how impressed I was with my sister and her son. She had no control over that one. Like really, <laughs> if we're looking at it, it's her son's taste buds. And uh, it's like moms are just so judged for this. And it's something that I think we need to release ourselves from and we need to be like you know what this is not my priority my kid's gonna be fine yeah is my kid happy and healthy yep okay great they don't have to be the kid that eats all the colors of the rainbow every meal happy's a relative term really too. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're dealing with teens right now the beauty teens. happy is a it's a relative term it's subjective <laughs> I mean, happiness is like a relative thing that I think we also put pressure on ourselves for. I'm thinking well, of a card I saw for Mother's Day. It's like, oh, the best moms have happy kids. And I'm like, screw you, card. <laughs> <laughs> As my kid is tantruming over here in the aisle of Target. Okay, okay. I let's let's take the step back on the happiness though. <laughs> overall, are they overall. a happy child? Overall. Like overall, is their life okay? Then there you go. But I mean, mm -hmm. and the another thing I want to remind you of, like again, think about what you ate as a child. Did you like to eat the veggies all the time? Were you a very healthy eater? Probably not, right? Like a lot of us grew up in the 80s. I did not know you could make a dinner without boxed food as a child. We had a lot microwave dinners and we right. used to put cheese on a lot of things and oh, Brie, cover your ears. I put cheese on broccoli. Oh, <laughs> oh, you said the word again. Oh my God. I said the word, I said the word, it is broccoli. Right, and now you eat healthy. So it will come, it will come. There will be a point where your children will start eating better. And like, even though we grew up eating all that crap in the eighties, we're still fine. Like I went to college, we're successful. Like I think we're okay. We are. And there's so much stigma around food and everything. And it's so different all around the world that it's not something that's worth worrying about. For instance, just to make everybody feel better, did you know that American bread wouldn't be called bread in Germany because it they have bread laws where you can't have so much sugar in bread and I've American heard. bread has too much sugar or it could be considered bread. It's like a dessert. Don't stress over it, people. Your kids will eventually eat better. It'll happen, but don't put it all on you. We release you of that guilt. It's not your job. We, we release you. Yes. <laughs> Have a magic wand. So going over the five tips again, the first tip is to just focus on your child's overall diet rather than the specific foods. Like just take that step back. Have healthy foods available, make them pretty and put them right at the front of the fridge. Don't be afraid of dipping sauces. They really help out in a lot of ways. Like cheese on broccoli. Get number four, <laughs> get kids involved in shopping for groceries and 
even if you need to be a little sneaky and getting them to help prepare meals. And then don't stress it, people. You don't have to force it. They will get out of their goldfish and chicken nuggets phase. It's going to happen. So until next time, remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we will talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 